Good morning, Christ Fellowship. Buenos dias, buenos dias. So what's the theme of the month? Miracle. The miracle of loving your neighbor. So all of us here, we've been made in God's image. Everyone that's always has ever been created. So with this video, I know you see the reflections of so many different people, people that you might not recognize. But obviously, here in the church, there's so many people we don't know as you walk through the streets, as you go to your workplaces, so many different places. We encounter so many different people, but just to think God loves them so much and loves us so much, and that we've all been made in his image. We thank you for being here today, and for those of you tuning in in our live stream as well. I know the last challenge might have been a little bit difficult for the for those tuning in the live stream to find someone, but maybe you stepped out of your house real quick and found someone on the sidewalk or something, who knows. But we're going to dive in real quick in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. In verse 14. And here John says this, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. So right here you see pretty much John's saying it's like an evidence that Jesus is living in you and he, you've come from death to life is the love that we show to one another. So we'll continue. I'll start from the top. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not, re, um, does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer. Now, I'm going to stop there real quick because I know what you're thinking at this moment. You're like, I don't really hate people, okay? So, some of you, well, some of you are like, you know what, I do hate some people. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's true, Carlos. You know what I mean? Like, you might be thinking that, but you might think it's like hate is such a strong word and this doesn't apply to you. But I just want to let you know what the Greek meaning of the original, the original Greek word that they translated hate for has even a deeper meaning than the word hate the way that we know it. That word means to love less. Do you love other people around you less than yourself or those that you really care about? Do you esteem less or respect less and also value less. So if you value other people less, if you esteem them less, if you respect them less, or if you love them less, then what God does towards them is as if we're hating them. So I think that is a challenge for everyone that's here. Verse 15, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. Now, obviously, you're not murdering, murdering them physically, but you're murdering their character, who they are, who God says they are, that they were made in God's image, and you already are attacking them emotionally or through words or in your own heart. You've already tried to destroy what God said was good, you're trying to destroy it. So let's continue. It says, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Now, eternal life is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
So if Jesus is living and residing in you, that's eternal life. And eternal life doesn't start the moment you die. Eternal life starts the moment you give your heart to Jesus. And you get to live in eternal life. And it, sa- it says this, And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And look at the next statement. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So here, John is comparing the amount of love that we should have for one another equates to what Jesus did for us. I don't know about you, but that's a challenge like right before all of us. And that's where God wants to take us. And then he even gives an example right away. Obviously, there's so many different examples that we could see. But in verse 17, he gives an example. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? How can the love of God be in that person? And then the next verse is so powerful. It says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So I know for some of us, like, you know, when I, when I said, hey, you have five minutes to talk to someone, you're like, oh, man, estos cinco minutos van a ser tan largo. These five minutes are going to be so long. You probably glanced up to the screen like a, a couple times just trying to see that number count down. Here, with that statement, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. It's not so much for you to say that you love someone. You got to act on it. Because that's what people experience, is the actions behind your statement. So it's, it's so easy for us to even come into a church, come into a building like this, or, or to a congregation like this, sneak in your aisle, sit down in your seat, open your Bible, and not talk to anyone. But that's not what God wants. God wants you to approach people, to love on people, be there with people, be the community of God that God's called us to be. And putting everything else aside, everything else aside, we want to be able to love people. And obviously, this month we have a big challenge. We're in the theme of love your neighbor, the miracle of loving your neighbor. And so many times it's hard for us to love people that are different from us because we have certain biases in our own hearts and minds. And at the same time, the enemy, the enemy knows that he doesn't want us united. The enemy knows that there's such a deep blessing in relationship when you love on one another. So he'll do anything to cause separation. And we have biases. There's so many reasons why we might not approach one another. But there's a big lesson that we can learn from kids. Kids don't have these biases, little kids. Because in reality, these biases are taught and they're deep within our own hearts because of sin, they come out. But children, a lot of times, don't have them. And a great example is a video that went viral, and many of you have seen it. It's going to be behind me. How many of you saw that video already? Many of us did. But how I said before, biases are taught And at the same time, because of our sinful nature, a lot of times jealousy, anger, and hatred 
could be brewing within us. And we need to really look at us, uh, look at ourselves and try to think, what are the voices that shape the way we see things? Because for all of us, our families taught us things. Growing up, our parents have taught us things. And if I would share, if I, if I would ask right now, it's like, could you share something, the way your parents view certain people? We would be embarrassed to say, like a lot of times, like the things that they would say or the things that they would do just because of their biases. And they've lived most of their life, you could say, much more than us as kids. So all of a sudden, our family teach us things that many times are not from God, and sometimes they are from God, but you have to be careful what you've learned. What are your friends saying? Those that are close to you? The voices that you allow to steer your life? You know, what is the community saying? Here in Elizabeth, we're very diverse. We're diverse, but just because we're diverse doesn't mean that there's no racism. Because racism could be found through everywhere, but here, because we're diverse, the reality is sometimes you see it less. And sometimes you see it more in other areas throughout the country. You know, what is the media saying and the world saying? Something that Miles McPherson said last week, we watched the video, which was an excellent video. Something that he said is just that the media is not news, it's views. So when you watch the news, you're listening to someone's views. Whether you go on CNN or Fox News or wherever you go, it's views. And that's why it's so crazy sometimes. If you see both of the news back to back, same story is painted completely different. You know, and it's because it's views that they're trying to um, tell the community to shape the way that we think. But we should know that our thoughts towards people don't go by the news or anyone's views, it's by God's word. And God's word has to be the foundation of the way that we love and view every single person. So what does God say? A teacher of the law pretty much approached Jesus and asked him, out of all the commandments that they are, what is the greatest commandment? Now, for us to understand, when we, we use the word commandments, maybe you're thinking about the Ten Commandments. But here, the Jews have 613 commandments that they would follow. And all of a sudden, Jesus responds in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. It says this, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. And then he says, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. So here Jesus pretty much said, you have to love God with everything that you have and then love others just as yourself. And obviously we love ourselves. We, we want to look out for ourselves. And God's saying the same way you love yourself, I want you to love everyone else. And what I love about Jesus, he includes both. He could have easily said, it's like, you know what, guys? Just love God. There's no, don't worry about loving anyone else. Just love God with everything that you have, your whole heart, mind, and soul, and your strength. Just love God. That's the main thing. But God said, no, no, no. 
It's just like this, loving God, you need to love one another. And you know what it is, is that there's so many Christians that want to separate the two. Oh, I have a relationship with God, but I don't, I don't have to show them love. I don't have to hate, uh, I don't have to love them. I, it's okay for me to hate them. It's okay for me to like not even acknowledge them. Now remember the word hate is not to respect, not to value, not to esteem, to love less. So all of a sudden it's like, if you feel like it's okay to do that to other people, all of a sudden you're not obeying God's greatest commandment. I don't care how close you feel as though you are to God. Because pretty much what it is, it's like all of a sudden, the way that you love others is evidence on how much, how deep and genuine your love is for God. Because if you truly love God, you're going to do what he says. And you know what? There's no excuses. So many times we might come up, well, you know what? I'm an introvert. I can't talk to people. It's a command from God. Whether you're an extrovert or introvert, really loving on others is a command. Oh, it's, it's okay. You know, I, I just stay in my lane. I just, it's just about my relationship with God. I don't really get involved with other people because when you get involved with other people, there's always drama. There's always mess. It's like, let them do them and I'll do me. It's like, if that's your mentality, you're doing the opposite of what Jesus would want you to do. And if you truly want to follow God and be a child of God, you want to love the way God wants you to love. And what I read to you in 1 John in the beginning of this um, teaching was just pretty much giving, John was giving the example, the way that Jesus laid down his life for, uh, for us, we need to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Some of us don't want to even lay down five minutes to talk to them. Some of us wouldn't even want to even help. Some of us, we might be driving. We see our brother and sister. I'm, I'm, I'm going to even make it a little easy for you. It's someone you know. I'm not even talking about a stranger. You're driving, and you see they got a flat tire. Be like, yo, gas, look the other way. Yo. It's like, que no me miren, que no me miren. You know what I mean? It's like, I, for them not to see me, for them not to see me. Because if you know, if you make eye contact, you have to love your brother and sister. So it's like you're going to speed, and some of you is like, thank you, Jesus, I put tinted windows last year. You know what I mean? Like you're just grateful for those tinted windows. But it's like we, so many times, we avoid people. And I've shared this in the past. Like the moment you go home and you see your neighbor going in, do you walk a little faster to get in? Your, your neighbor just pulled up in the driveway. You're like, let me get inside the house before he gets out because he's going to start talking to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like all of a sudden you try to run. Someone rings the doorbell. It's like, duck. It's like, I don't even want to come through. And then we do the old school through the presiana. Like, you know, you're looking through the blinds. It's like, who's that? Who's that? I love opening my door. I don't care who it is. When they ring the doorbell, I just see it as an opportunity to talk to someone else. Oh, you, you do solar panels? Let me, let me talk to you about Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, you tell me what you're trying to promote. I tell you what I'm going to promote. I do that. This wasn't even part of the teacher. I'm going to tell you something pretty cool. I don't know if anyone on Facebook, anyone ever hacked you. And not hacked you, hacked someone else. And they send you a message to talk to you. And you think it's your friend, okay? You think it's your friend, but someone that hacked them. 
and they're talking to you. So all of a sudden, a friend of mine sends me a Facebook message, and I'm talking to them, and they're like, hey, Carlos, have you heard about this $50,000 grant? And obviously, this is a fraud. It's a scam. They're, they're trying to, uh, to, for me to give them my bank account. So it, me thinking I'm going to get money, they're going to steal my money. So, so they're like, have you heard about the grant? I was like, uh, no, I haven't. Tell me a little bit about it. So they tell me a little bit like, oh, it's going to be able to help pay off your bills, whatever you owe, this and that. We'll give you the money. You know, we'll wire the money. It's good news. So most people would just delete it, be like, I'm not going to even talk to that person. I was like, I have good news for you. I was like, you got good news for me? I got good news for you too. So all of a sudden, I'm on Facebook. I was like, I don't know if you know. I didn't know about that $50,000 grant, but I don't know if you know about this Jesus I know. And I said, I say, I know this Jesus that loves you with all of his heart. And he wants a relationship with you. He wa- he's been chasing after you and he wants you to surrender your life to him. And all of a sudden I start talking to him about Jesus. He, the person responds with a smiley face. And then starts saying how sorry he is for what he's doing. He starts saying that he's sorry for doing it. It's not true what I'm doing. Uh, I do know of God, and I just know I'm far from him right now. And he mentioned he's in another country. And I'm not going to even mention the country. It doesn't really matter. He's in another country, and they pay them $100 every three months to scam people for a living. And he starts sharing me his story in the midst of a fraud and scam attempt. But I could have easily just deleted it, but I used the opportunity to minister. And I share that with you mainly because in our life, so many opportunities are around us. Here, sitting even in this room, at work, when you walk to the store, when you're, when you're dealing with the cashier at the store that you're purchasing at, They've probably been working all day exhausted. The last thing they need is for us to have an attitude with them or give them a hard time. Imagine if you showing them some love and just encouraging them and just even letting them know, hey, I'm going to pray for you and building a relationship with them. Because little by little, all these opportunities, you don't know, so many times we don't realize, but we're messengers of God. And God wants to use you to touch other people's lives, but so many times we don't allow God to do that. So for us, I want to even give a little bit of a test for all of us to see and challenge some of our biases. And I don't want you to share them out loud. Maybe. No, 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 I'm joking. But I'm going to ask you three simple questions And I want you to be honest with yourself. And something I I do want to even let you know, too, is just that so many times, if there's someone near you or that knows you well, like that you could confide in and you, you could open your heart to them and let them speak into your life, so many times our biases are so ingrained in who we are, we don't even realize, like, how biased we are and how down a path we are that we shouldn't be. 
then it takes someone else that's close to me, like, you know what? Hey, you, you say this a lot. You joke a lot about these people. Like, you know, like, there, there's so many different groups of people, you could say. We learn about the in-groups and the out-groups, and maybe you take so, many, so much time making fun of and targeting out-groups, and you're so used to it that it, it's not even a biggie for you, but someone close to you could say, hey, this is a problem. So I have three questions for you. Number one is this. You're about to sit at a dinner table with strangers, a dinner table that you know this dinner is like a six-course meal. It's like no joke, one after another. Which type of person, you could say, are you hoping doesn't sit in front of you or near you? Think about that. You're about to sit at a dinner table with strangers. Who are you hoping will not sit next to you? Because a lot of times we want people just like us to sit next to us. But if all of a sudden you feel as though it's like, no, I wouldn't want to sit with them because I wouldn't be comfortable with them, you easily could have these biases automatically towards a group of people. Another question I have, someone is about to date your daughter. Some of you are like, I didn't know I had a daughter. <laughs> Don't worry, this is just for you to think, okay? Imagine yourself having a daughter. Some of you you got nervous there for a second. It's like, is there something I don't know? I have a daughter or something? So all of a sudden, someone's about to date your daughter. Who are you praying it's not? Who are you praying it's not? All of a sudden, imagine yourself having a daughter and your daughter said, hey, dad, hey, mom, today after church, I know you're making that arroz con gandule with pernil and platano maduro. And I thought it was the perfect time to bring my boyfriend, who I believe is the one. All of a sudden, she tells you, I believe this is the one sent by Jesus himself. Amazon delivery. <laughs> same day shipment. Actually, they don't do same day anymore, barely. They, they, they've been slacking a little bit. But uh, you know what I mean? Like, they, the Amazon delivery, this is the one. As a person, right now, this moment, if you're honest with yourself, who you're praying it's not. Who you're praying it's not. All of a sudden, if you think it's a certain outgroup, They'd be like, I hope it's not one of them that might be dating my daughter. Whether it be the color of their skin, the language they speak, pretty much the finances that they might have. There's so many different reasons that we could have biases towards people. It's like, who are you praying that it's not them? And if we're honest with ourselves, all of us, we have like a default and then the other way you could look at it, it's not praying that it's not them. You also, who are you praying it is? All of a sudden you fell on your knees like, Jesus, please let it be this type of person or this person, not this one. So all of a sudden when you look at that, and if you're honest with yourself, you could say, hey, I tell you this much, it's like I know people and in my own family 
that have said things like, you know what I mean? And I look at them, I was like, hey, you know, you got to relax. And it's just sometimes people are comfortable and they say things out loud, but it's a reflection on what's within their heart. Now, a third question. I know a lot of us were happy that I'm, you don't have to share it out loud um, to people. Imagine if right after service, someone breaks into your house. They told you someone broke into your house. Who do you think did it? Who do you think broke into your house? I pray that no one broke into your house, okay? After service, you're like, yo, Carlos, why did you say that? You know, if someone, if you heard that someone broke into your house, who do you think did it? Some of us automatically think, oh, it had to be. I tell you, even recently, about two weeks ago, someone was breaking into houses in my neighborhood. And I was sharing with someone else, like, that's in the neighborhood. I was like, hey, you know, just be careful. Someone's been breaking into the, um, the houses. And literally, without missing a beat, he, he pretty much said, it had to be a black or Hispanic guy. I'm just being honest. That's what they said. And I said, no, actually, you're absolutely wrong. I have their picture here. And I show him it was a white person. I'm just giving you an example. And, but it showed his bias that at that moment, he just automatically assumed that it had to be a certain group of people. But we should know as Christians in Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, it says this, For from the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Theft that has nothing to do with the color of your skin. It has nothing to do with the language that you speak. It has nothing to do with pretty much anything else but the sin that comes out of our heart. So automatically, if you think that it would be a certain type of person that did it, you realize that there's something wrong with the way that you're viewing things. It's almost as if you had a filter, like almost glasses. You're looking this, at this world through glasses that pretty much are tainted with what the world has told you, or maybe from your own past experiences. Maybe you had a bad experience once, and all of a sudden you group a whole group of people into a place because of one experience that you have had. Let me let you know, that's not loving others the way that you should love yourself, and that's not obeying God's command. Because every single person deserves for us to love them with all of our hearts. I'm going to go over a couple quick definitions just for us to see behind, for us to understand certain things. Being prejudiced is when you hold unfavorable opinions formed beforehand without any knowledge, thought, or reason. So when you're prejudiced, you have unfavorable opinions. You already have your opinion. You have your mindset pretty much done when it comes to the way you think. And it's your opinion and your prejudice towards an outgroup already. And then another definition you could see behind me, it's bigot. It's a word that's not often used, but it's used. I've heard it sometimes. A bigot is someone who doesn't tolerate certain people because they are different. 
So all of a sudden, it's a step more than prejudice. Prejudice is just pretty much unfavorable opinions. And for the most part, who knows, they might be able to keep them to themselves to a certain degree. But a bigot can't tolerate certain people because they're different from them. And it will be obvious because it will be seen through their words and actions. But to take it a step further is a racist. And it's going to be behind. A person that believes and behaves as if their race is superior over another. So all of a sudden a, race, a racist believes that their race, and it doesn't matter what race you are, but we're all part of the human race, but all of a sudden we might think that one race is superior than another race. And all of a sudden, not only do you think it's superior, you'll bully people, you'll hate on people, you'll attack people. All of a sudden it goes beyond just being prejudiced or even a bigot. It takes it to a different level where you're aggressive of your racism towards others. And that's something that's real. That's something that we, people experience every single day. So right now, I want, to, I, want, I want to see where you are. Because I'm going to show you a spectrum of the worst, you could say, and where God wants us to be. And I want you to analyze where you are. It's going to be an uh, image behind me. So you'll see from the bottom to the top, we're going to start. From the bottom, it's racist. This is someone that hates, bullies, discriminates other races. A step higher there is bigot, can't stand or tolerate specific groups. Moving up, prejudice holds unfavorable opinions of groups. Moving up is avoider uncomfortable around other races. Now I'm going to pause there for a second. Some of us, you might be like, you know what, I'm not a racist. You know, I'm not a bigot. I'm not prejudiced. But you might be an avoider. All of a sudden you're uncomfortable around other races and you choose not to love on them, but to avoid them. Let me tell you, you're in that spectrum because God calls you to love on one another. And if you avoid people, you might just be doing it because you feel a little uncomfortable, but how are the other people experiencing it from the other side? All of a sudden, let's say you step inside a room and everyone that's there is different from you and you just avoid them and go to the opposite direction and sit down and get on your phone. How is everyone there going to feel towards your actions? You might not like, you know, be like, I'm not a racist, I'm not prejudiced, I'm not a bigot, but all of a sudden by you avoiding... What message is your action saying? We're supposed to love with action and in truth. So if we're not loving in action and in truth, a message is being sent out. And let me tell you, it's not just the words you say, it's the actions that you do. And a lot of times we've heard actions speak louder than words. So what do you do when you're in different situations? Because we want to make sure that in all circumstances, we're shining brightly for Jesus. 
Now, a step higher, that which, which is a good step, is being sensitive, kind, and attempts to be inclusive. This is someone that you realize that there's outgroups and in-groups, and you're being sensitive. You're saying, like, let me, let, me, let me try to be more careful and trying to unite people a little bit. Or, or if someone different from, from you might be sitting near you, you might go the extra mile to try to talk to them. But to a certain degree, that's the extent of it. You're just sensitive to the, that dynamic, that there's in-groups and out-groups. And I could, I, I could imagine that many of us feel that way. It's like, you know, I'm sensitive to that. But then there's the place where God wants all of us to be, which is a bridge builder. This is someone that purposely reaches out. This is someone that doesn't just wait for the opportunity to come to like be sensitive about it and, and talk. This is someone that goes out of their way to show the love of God. So all of a sudden, if you see a group of people that's completely different from you or a person that's completely different from you, you don't avoid them. You don't walk away from them. You purposely go to them, make them feel at home, make them feel loved, make them feel encouraged. Here, even here, this, this church is open to everyone. Anyone could walk through these doors. And it's like, I, I want every single person as they walk through these doors to feel the love of God no matter who they meet. Because many times they don't get to talk to me. They don't talk to another pastor or leader. They talk to you. And their experience of what Jesus is or who Jesus is is through your love and actions and your words towards them. Because some of us, we might sit down and be like, well, thank you, Jesus. I got my seat. I got my seat. No one took my seat today. We sit down. We get, we get a, you get your bulletin. And all of a sudden, you see we're, church hasn't started yet. And you see people um, filling in near you. And you're like, I'm just going to pray. It's like, I'm not going to talk to nobody. It's like, you know, like, and you might even be telling no eye contact, no eye contact. The moment I do eye contact, I might have to talk with them. And you think that you're honoring God with that. You, you, you probably are loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, but you're not loving your neighbor. And God said that the greatest is the two of them. So right now, I'm going to tell you about three dangerous prayers for you to pray. And you could take notes in the back in case you haven't in your bulletin. The prayer number one is simple. It's two words. It's search me. Search me. For God to search your heart. I know before I show you the spectrum from racist to bridge builder, I ask you, where are you in that? And if you're not even sure, ask someone that's close to you that knows you. Be like, hey, what would you say? Where am I in that? And a great first step is to acknowledge where you're at. You know, if, if you're like transparent with yourself, and you're like, you know what? I never really thought of it to this degree, but I might be a racist. Like, you know, if that's something that you might say and you admit it to someone, God wants to transform your heart. And for some of us, you know, you might think it's like, you know, like, that's separate. How I said before, racism is real. Racism is real because there's people that it brews within their heart. 
but God wants to transform you. So here, prayer number one is search me. In Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And now look at the next statement. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So the first prayer is for God to search you, to go into your heart, to go to the deepest places, the things you don't say to anyone else, and for him to search you, to test you, and to bring out and reveal to you the things that need to change. And that's a dangerous prayer. Because you know very well that there's certain places that you don't want God to go into in your heart. You want to stay where you're at with, the, with certain things, but the moment you ask God to search you and to test you, and, to, and you give him permission to go into your heart, he's, he, he, he's not going to want to leave without changing you. It's a dangerous prayer, and I'm asking all of us to pray that for God to search me. Number um, two, the second prayer is for um, God to break me. Break me. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new has come. We need to realize that that's a process. The old is gone and the new has come. It's a process that God takes you in. And when you pray and ask God to break me, when you say break me, even saying that hurts. But God wants to break away your pride. God wants to break away your jealousy. God wants to break away your biases. If we're prejudiced here today, God wants to break away Everything, all the views that we have that it's not of him. God wants to break away everything within our heart and mind and soul that doesn't belong to him. But when you ask God to break you, it hurts when you experience breaking. It hurts when you experience breaking. But as you allow God to break you, he's making you more like him every single day. And the third prayer is this is use me. So it's search me, break me, and use me. Those are three simple prayers to say, but three powerful prayers to generally mean and allow God to do his thing. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, it says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, pretty much saying, if you're encouraged in any way because of your relationship with God, if any comfort from his love, if anything common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being, being one in spirit and one in mind. And then verse 3 says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others. This is, this is pretty much, it goes down to loving others. Valuing others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. 
in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So here you see again, here you see clearly from the book of Philippians that God is calling you to have the same mindset as Jesus. So do you have that mindset of Jesus towards those that are different from you? While you were coming in today, you should have received a little heart when you came in. And in a second, I'm going to ask you, and just in case you didn't receive a heart, we're going to have more hearts and, and um, pens here at this little side table. But in a second, I'm going to ask you, for you to think about an outgroup that you have biases or prejudice against, and for some of us, it might even go deeper. It might be a specific person that's hurt us so much, that that person hurt us so much, that our view pretty much towards a group of people is tainted. And we view them in a way that's negative and not the way that God would want us to. So in a few seconds, I'm going to ask you to take out that heart and all of us, we should have a pen. And if you don't, you could share with someone near you. But I want you to do something brave. On that heart, I want you to write down the very group of people that you know that you have a hard time loving. I want you to write down the very group of people, the out group that for you, like, you just hate being around. Whoever it is. And for some of you, you could label it as a group maybe. Or for some of us, it might be a specific person. But whoever it is that you put on that heart, the prayer is that asking God to help you love that person or that group of people the way that God loves them. So even right now, I want you to think about it with your eyes closed. And when you're ready to come forward, I want you to come and there's a basket right by the cross that you're going to lay the heart down in. So once you write whatever you want to write on that heart, the person or the group of people you know you need to love more, I want you to leave it in the basket at the foot of the cross because God wants all of us to love everyone the way that he loves them. And for those of you that are choosing to come down and to surrender, I just know that you're being obedient to what God wants you to do. Because God is in the business of transforming lives. And we all have sinned and fallen short. Every single person here needs God to transform us and make us more like him. Father God, as we're gathered here as a family, we just surrender everything to you. If our eyes closed, even our hands raised to you in surrender. God, transform us from the inside out, God. God, we pray that you would knock down and destroy all the mindsets, everything that we've heard throughout the years, all the conclusions that we've come up with on our own, or the whispers of the enemy that we've entertained. God, we want to see and view everyone through your eyes, God. Transform our hearts. 
Make us more like you every single day, God. We pray, Lord God, that you would fill our hearts with boldness, God. That we would be courageous to be bridge builders, God. That we wouldn't be afraid of outgroups, God. But God, that we would step into the uncomfortable moment that we might feel that we might get into, knowing that we're stepping into your will, God. You want us to love on others, God. You don't want us to view others the way the enemy would want to view them or the way that other people view them in this world. So God, transform us from the inside out and that everything that we would do would give you praise, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of the day. And on your way out, show love to someone.